What's up, everybody? Anthony Frieda here. Welcome to Badum Biz. All right, today on the show, we got Dan Kovalars. Dan is a songwriter. He's a producer, mix engineer. He's a composer. Uh, specifically, he composes for video games, and he, um, he's got a couple video games that he's composed music for and is actively doing it. Um, yeah, we, I actually I nerded out a little bit. At, uh, I asked them a lot of questions about it. It's, a, it's, a fa- it's fascinating to me. It's a fascinating world, just how they make video games. I'm a big gamer my whole life, so uh, it's very cool. We nerded out together, which was, which was awesome. Um, he's a talented dude, really cool guy to talk to. We could have talked for hours, uh, and really, really awesome dude to work with, too. Um, so please check out his pages. Uh, everything's in the description. And lastly, doing I'm doing uh, virtual drum lessons, and I'm doing drum tracks for your songs. Please hit me up at bedumbiz at gmail.com. Okay, enjoy the episode. Oh, and P.S., my microphone audio sounds really bad, but Dan sounds really nice. Zoom fucked it up. Anyway, enjoy. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. I'm Anthony Frieda. I got a great guest. Dan Kovalars. What's up, dude? How are you, my man? How's things? It's great to be here. It's a pleasure. Yeah, man. Things are, things are good, man. Things, uh, things are promising. Looking up. How about for you, sir? Yeah, I feel that. Um, I, uh, I'm definitely getting a little optimistic. Uh, you know, I'm trying to knock on wood every time I say that, but I'm definitely getting a little, uh, little optimistic about this whole thing. Yeah, man. I mean, let's jump right into that. Cause like, um, so I know I'll just how we know each other, but, um, I know Dan because, uh, this artist named Drina, she's fucking a hysterical human being. She's such a, a great comedian, but she's a really good performer and musician too. Um, yeah, she, uh, you know, asked me to play drums for a, a show that they did. And, uh, and I met Dan plays guitar for her. And, um, you also en- engineered, mixed her, her, her latest EP, right? Yep. Yeah. I, uh, I want to say I wrote maybe like 50 to 75% of the instruments, uh, recorded, mixed, uh, did the whole thing kind of was like the main producer on it. Wow. All right. So we got to, he, he, he's a, he's a good guitarist. He's a good mixing engineer, songwriter. So yeah, man, I mean, it's funny when you could, when you jump into a band situation, you don't really know anybody. Um, all yeah, obviously all I have is my own skill, but there is that part of socialization and, and, you know, and, uh, camaraderie back and forth, shooting the shit, joking around. And that room was so much fun to be in. That was a, that was a cool experience. Yeah. That's great to hear. She's, uh, she's very fun to work with, very fun to, to play music with. And, uh, I think it, uh, very conducive to, a. uh, a good band dynamic when you're kind of around people that are funny and like each other. And, you know, it's not like you stop playing a song and then it's just like, you know, let's talk about the things that went wrong. It's like, no, like let's, let's have fun and enjoy it. That's exactly what it was. It wasn't work, you know? Mm. And if you, if you had to do that on a tour or something, you know, I imagine too, it just, it would never be work. It would always be spontaneous fun. Um, yeah. Yeah, man. Did, now for those songs, uh, some of them were like really, some of them were very esoteric, very kind of like, um, what was the one song that, uh, man, I should really pull up the song list for her. Uh, oh man. Is nice. Fire dance. Well, fire dance was, is the opposite. I, Cause I was going to get into that. Cause that's my favorite one. 
Okay. Fire Dance is a badass fucking tune. Oh shit. Oh shit. Yeah, man. <laughs> um, the guitar in that is so good. Thanks, and man. It allows for it allowed me to 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 uh, put down some really fat drums. Um, yeah. What um so which songs did do you did you have like the most uh hands on with in in creating? Uh, I, definitely Fire Dance. Uh, that was one that actually we had written together. Uh. It, uh it's you know this big tribal kind of song where the drums and bass really lead it uh but at the same time it's kind of like a droney minimal kind of uh instrumentation where it's just this like rhythmic kind of like primal uh you know uh i guess literally like a dance of like people like dancing around a fire and you know drina's got these like runs that she's singing over it and it's crazy because she's like adding in some some bluesy kind of riffs and stuff, uh, which I, I think just kind of like lays out a perfect like canvas to play guitar over or drums. Um, so that was definitely one that I had more of a uh, more of a hand in. Um, a lot of you know, I, I started working on songs with Trina a while ago, uh, like 2013 is when we first started writing music, and I was still kind of new to recording and mixing. I was living in my mom's house. Um, so I was recording out of like an additional room in our house and uh, it was all just kind of new to me. And, and at that point I was just working on like metal music because uh, that was the first kind of music that I had uh, started to uh, play as a musician. So I, I had only known how to record like really loud, not dynamic guitars and drums and stuff like that, like program drums. Mm. Um, so, so, and at the same time, she had done all this like musical theater uh, and all this like, uh, you know, different kinds of performing and doing improv and stuff like that. So she had never really recorded much and really like sat down and like did the work of recording, which, you know, recording is, is it is work, you know, it's, it is hard and, and it's time consuming. Um, so, yeah, so that's, uh, you know, like some of the ones are just really old and then we kind of like updated over the years and kind of uh, just got a one big consistent kind of sound on them. Um, which is cool, but uh, yeah, definitely Fire Dance. Lord Have Mercy is another great one of her oh, songs. That's, that's right. That's right. Yeah, big banger. It's got like a like a southern rock kind of riff under it. Nice. I love that one. I love that yeah. one because um because even the way you know, I I always love when songs inform me of what the drum part it mm. will be. You know, actually, some of her songs didn't really even have. It was almost like, what do you think of this part? Right. And it was always like. It was always um, decided by the other parts, and exactly what you just said—that kind of southern rock thing. But I always thought of like it always it had this church feel to me. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? This gospel church feel. So that was that was fucking awesome to uh, to lay down those parts. Um, and I'm I'm gonna pull up her page just to reference some of the songs um, sure. that I I thought were just really good. Um, now. You just you said before though you you started getting into recording and playing just with metal music. So like where what were the bands that you know that were in your uh, playing ground? Well, when I was young, I really liked. Uh, I kind of went into like the heaviest metal music that you could get into. That's just what all my friends are into. It. I have an older brother who like got me into most of the music that I'm into these days. And uh, or I should say my whole life. And all of these guys were just into like heavy, heavy metal. So we we're listening to like Pantera. Uh, wow. If you're familiar with Pantera. Yep. Yep. Um, what else? Uh, 
death metal like suffocation was a band that we loved just really like brutal very very heavy kind of uh you know guitar and drum driven music um so that was kind of like the first stuff that that i had started to do which was cool but um like i really learned music with those kind of genres which is hard because it's it's just technically hard music to play. So it, it took me a little bit of time to kind of get up to speed with, with everyone who I was kind of or like surrounding myself with. So very, yeah. So like, I mean, rhythm, when it comes to guitar playing, I mean, it, it's, it's overlooked sometimes because it's mm. the most important thing in my opinion, rhythm and being able to sit in a pocket. Uh, you had a very good, it was very natural to play with you. You know, that's something, no, no joke. I've run into, <laughs> I've run into some guitarists who just lack that sense of consistent rhythm and pocket. It's, sure. It's not easy to play with them. They're inconsistent. You, that was not the case for you. So I'm, Thanks, I imagine man. that the, uh, Oh yeah, of course. I imagine that the, that metal music, um, it's usually fast, right? And, uh, it has this explosive energy behind it. So you, you have to, you can't, <laughs> you, you can't be sloppy. Right. Um, with a lot of that stuff, especially if it's very intricate lines, right. Or, or riffs or something like that. Um, is that some, is that stuff that you still are into? Yeah. It's, well, it, so it's funny. Like, uh, I don't like, I could go, I think like years without listening to that kind of music. Um, but then there'll be like a random day where I'll be like driving home from work and I'll just put on something that's just making me feel like I'm, I'm, you know, driving down the highway into hell or something like that. And I, and I can't get enough of it. And then for like a couple of weeks, I'll listen to a lot of metal and I'll be like, this is so great. I love this. What, um, what one other group you said, Pantera, what, what's one other group that's yeah, in that suffocation. They got all these names that are all like, you know, brutal horror movie sounded names. <laughs> um, yeah. Suffocation. I really liked uh, behemoth is like this Polish black death metal band. Um, like uh because black metal was a thing that we were into too but it was just kind of like a, uh i don't know this like weird amalgamation of just very raw sounds into metal so yeah behemoth was another band i don't know if you ever heard of them they have like pr- polish like trumpets and stuff and it's all oh, like these, heard that. It sounds oh cool. it's crazy it's crazy <laughs> um yeah yeah behemoth is one i'm trying to think of some of the ones that are a little bit more uh attainable or ones that you can hear you ever hear a band called gojira i've heard the name but I, i've never okay. heard the music yeah they're like they're like really technical uh death metal it's so groovy though like it's um there's so much groove in the music uh it's very it, it's like really complex subdivisions underneath four four so there's always like a crash cymbal that's just like riding a four four and it's just <laughs> really comfortable but then underneath it is just this like wild you know, like crazy, I don't even know, like quintuplets and, and sextuplets and just crazy stuff underneath it. I love that. Um, shit. I love stuff like that. Yeah. It's fun and it you have to be accurate. Right. You know, and it's clever if it's written well. Mm-hmm. It's very clever how it comes back uh, to, to, uh, to one, to count one. Then, yeah, yeah absolutely. Like what you just said, it's kind of like, wait, are they in four? But then you start, when you feel it in, it's kind of like Tool does that, I think. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That. Um, so, the, okay. So now I guess, you know, we all have our, our early days and then we have our mature, maturing years. Like what, what would you say is music that you dove into in your maturing years? Great question. Uh, so when I was kind of right in the middle of all that like metal mindset, 
there was a couple bands that would like have like you know like the fifth or sixth song on the album would be like an acoustic song and it would be like you know it'd still be weird and medley and it would be like really weird dissonant chords and stuff like that it wouldn't just be like a pretty acoustic like pearl jam kind of song yeah but it was like just a little just a little acoustic and a little bit lighter so i think over the years i i just started listening to that stuff more and more and more and instead of uh you know instead of 90 percent metal and 10 percent acoustic softer stuff it became kind of 90 percent softer stuff and then 10 percent metal and now it's like 99 to 1 um so yeah i mean i really i guess the past like decade or so i've just been i've just been into like uh it's still rock music i like um i mean when i think of the like the the music that i listen to and write the most of is it's like indie rock singer songwriter stuff or it's the video game music so all of that is way lighter than metal, you know. Let's jump into that video game music sure. actually, because that's that was another thing when you told me that I was like, I was like so excited by that. <laughs> um, so you're a composer, man. You composed uh, music for is it's an existing video game? Yeah, yeah. So uh, I have, I think I'm up to three credits now. Um, three games that are fully released and. Uh, you know, and, and you can go, you can download them. Uh, one of them is on, on all devices. It's on PC, it's on Mac, it's on iPhones, it's on Android phones. Um, that one's called Kathy Rain. That's kind of like uh, probably the most notable one that I've done. That one I just did the music for, uh, that was 2016, I think. Then I did one called Metaphobia, which came out uh, not this June, but the previous June, so 2018, June 2018, I came out. cool i did i did uh all of the like i think my title for that was like audio director so i did all of the music for it i did all of the voice acting for it um like i i like got the voice actors to come here and record with me uh at my home studio and uh i edited all the the dialogue and put it in the game which was like hours and hours of dialogue um and then i have one more uh short game that i worked on called tales of Javen which was pretty cool. Uh, that one was like super quick. I just did the music for that one. And then I'm working on one right now with the same people from the game Metaphobia I was talking about. And this game is called Castle Dornstein. And it's like a, a European Gothic kind of video game. 
Wow. So um, every time you get it, um, now it's been three and now you have four uh, or a fourth one. Every time you get a game, how do you feel very challenged? Obviously, it could be positive or like or or in a different way, which is, oh, my God, I have to fill a sound for this particular type of uh, world. Right. That's what a video game is, Mm -hmm. I guess. Do you feel like excited and, and motivated? Do you feel challenged in the way where like, okay, I have to really. I have to explore what would be, what would fit this world. I, Cause I'm thinking as a guy who just plays drums for, for the mm-hmm. most part, I wouldn't know the first step. Um, yeah. Yeah. So like it kind of comes naturally to me because I grew up as a gamer. Um, like I was into video games before I was into music, before I was into sports. Um, so I just feel like hours and hours of my youth that I might have wasted or might not have wasted just inside of these kind of virtual worlds you kind of it kind of becomes like muscle memory for being in an area and being like okay i know this should sound like this so it's it's like i'm definitely with every project that i do i do like extensive research in uh just ideas and pathways that i could take that i think would make it fit um yeah it's it's easier than it seems, I think. And I, I, as a percussionist, I don't think you would have any problem like just, uh, you know, even doing like a whole percussion score for a video game. Um, you know, most people who work on video games, like they are so in tune with the visual aspect of a video game that um, they just love music. And, you know, being, you know, being in their own game, their own creation, and then having music behind them, more often than not, they're just happy to hear something, you know? So it, it's, it's really kind of open, uh, open to really whatever you want to do. But I'm, I'm definitely always like in this creative, you know, how can I make this fit the scene better kind of mindset. And I'm always researching. I'm always like working on stuff. Uh, one of the bigger things that I do, like when I'm, the game I'm working on now, Castle Dornstein, it's like I said, it's like this European Gothic castle. And uh, th- what I wanted to do with it is, just have this soundtrack that is mostly baroque music or mostly classical music that's you know very like bach driven um you know a lot of the time when i'm writing video game music i'm using a lot of vsts uh which i'm sure you know what they are but you know they're like um sampled instruments they're you know if i hit a c4 key i'm on my piano then that could be a violin playing a c4 Mm -hmm. um you know or a cello playing a high c4 that's that's that sound so it's like Usually when, when I'm writing a game like this, like I, 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 I'll play these sampled sound kind of things and uh, I'll try to make it sound time period correct and I'll try to make it sound like this is something that could be recorded in a concert hall, uh, you know, back, you know, in box time. Wow. Yeah. That's fucking cool. It's really That's cool. That's really cool. So, all right. So then, yeah, man. I mean, I got to give you, I got it. I'm, I'm just trying to put my... My sh- I'm going to try to put your shoes on. <laughs> um, that's fascinating to me because you have, you're trying to contribute to the, to making that world come alive for the player. Um, and those little details of, 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 and like you said before, you know, you played, you grew up playing video games. I grew up playing video games and man, like some of the, the most memorable parts to the best video games that I played was the audio was the sounds and, and the music. So it's pretty cool that you, you think that you dive in that deeply to try to recreate, or, or I should say create, the sound of that world. 
you know, it's pretty awesome to hear that. I've never heard, I'm dude, I've never talked to somebody that's composed of video game music. So oh. this is cool for me to, to learn. That's awesome. That's awesome to hear. We'll, um, we'll collaborate at some point. Uh, awesome. You know, I, 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 for this project, unfortunately, I don't think I've added a single percussion instrument into any of the 30 to 40 minutes that I've written so far, just because it wasn't such like a prevalent kind of instrument back in the day for this kind of sound. But yeah, we'll, we'll do some work. I would, I would love I'd to. I'd love to, man. Yeah, you, just, you let me know. Um, what's, um, so for the, is there any like interesting um, memories of, of composing? for the previous games that you've done mm. anything sticking out that like oh okay that was challenging or that was really fun to to create yeah so you know like i i really think that i'm my most creative self when i'm putting limits on myself and when i'm kind of like uh i'm kind of like this sounds a little pretentious but like if i'm a painter and i'm I'm looking at a blank canvas that's not that inspiring to me. But if I'm throwing in like three colors on that canvas and that's all that I'm allowing myself to work with, I think that that really kicks my brain into gear. Uh, so for doing like previous projects, like uh, uh, like the one game Kathy Ray, and like I said, that was 2016. Um, the whole soundtrack is like this, like it's like a, like a grungy guitar with like um, drum and bass drums mm. and like synthesizers in it. And the guy who I worked with, uh, who kind of like the main developer for the game, who got me on board, uh, he was like, yeah, he was like, I have this idea for like, uh, you know, a couple, a couple, uh, a couple things for what I want the sound, like the overall sound to, to, to sound like. And he gave me some, some YouTube videos of different songs and different artists. And he was like, yeah, this is what I'm thinking. This is what I'm thinking. And, and I did the same for him. And we compared and, you know, it was like some Twin Peaks kind of stuff. Uh, Massive Attack was another one where it's just kind of like this. It's just it's just cool music, you know. It's cool dark music. Um, so really, just like like I have a whiteboard over here, and really just putting up on the whiteboard those three instruments: putting like Blade Runner synths, putting drum and bass drum sets or drum sounds, and putting uh, like distorted electric guitar. Like writing that down on the whiteboard, and then being like, "All right, like that's all the toys that I have. I need to get going." Like that was something that really was like memorable for me. And I feel like a breakthrough with my own writing to just be like, you know, force my brain to kind of put these things together where I, I wouldn't normally do it. You know, like making, um, like making the guitar sound more like a bass because I don't have a bass in the song. So I'm recording a guitar part. I have a bass, I could just record a bass, but no, that's not part of the toy that I gave myself to do. So like I'm taking a guitar part and I'm pitching it down, but guitar strings aren't meant to be pitched down that far. So they have like a little bit more, uh, like they'll, they'll go out of tune a little bit more if you pitch guitar strings down that much. They're not used to that low tension, but all that that does is just add like this added level of vibe to the sound that just sounds a little eerie. And the game has overall, it's a little like eerie of a game. There's a lot of like weird supernatural stuff that happens. I don't really want to give anything away. Um, but just doing things like that, I think was really memorable for me to be like, I'm limiting myself and I'm coming up with things that just have this little extra like vibe to it that I wouldn't normally have done. I think that's awesome. I think that's really cool. It's smart actually. Cause yeah, you could have just grabbed that base, but that mm -hmm. limitation allowed you to discover something that truly, I mean, it, it sounded like it fit again. It served the game. It served, served that the, the living presence of that world versus you know i guess the perfect sound the perfect bass sound right that's really cool yeah it's cool it's just different video game music is different it's 
you know, it's not something, of course you can go and see like an orchestra play like the, like the Zelda music, but it's not, most music in a sound in a video game soundtrack is not meant to be something that you sit down and you intently view and listen to like you would a, a rock band or something at a concert. It's, it's music that has very specific purposes, uh, which is, is, is different. It's just like a different part of, of composition, I think. That's really cool. And then now, as far as like, um, when you said that you, I guess, was it this last one or the one pre one of the previous ones that you also did voice acting work, uh, or you with recording the voice acting work. And then did you also do like certain sounds that like what, what sound design work? Did you do any of that stuff too? Yeah. So that was actually the one part of the whole, uh, like sound field that I didn't work on in that game. Uh, that game was called Metaphobia. Okay. Um, and uh, I didn't do the sound effects for that. Uh, we, we, just because it was a lot of work for me, like usually in video game development, you, you have like the, like the story writers will join up with the artists and the programmers first, and they'll kind of be the ones to start fleshing the game out. And sound, of, sound effects and sound design is such like an afterthought when it comes to video games that like if I'm joining a game if I'm like looking to join a project to work on, I might not get brought on until the game is like 60, 70% done. So, and that's what happened with that game was that it was, it was fully playable. You could go in, I could go in and play every single scene, every single area. Um, and, and, you know, it was all just musicless and soundless. Uh, but at that point it was like, all right, well, we kind of want to finish in between like six to 10 months. And for me to do, all of the other stuff on top of the sound effects would have been too much work. So we, we got this other guy to do the sound effects. He did an awesome job, um, which is cool. You know, it's, it's, it's a very interesting, uh, unique kind of skill set to have, like doing Foley work or like in movies or doing sound effects. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I pretty much did everything else besides, besides the, the sound effects. So when you're coming up with a particular, you know, piece of music, do, do they test it out by playing the game while, you know, sometimes it's like you enter a room or something or a new mm-hmm. environment and then it cues this music. Is that how they tested it out? Yeah, pretty much. Um, it's very similar to writing music for film where you'll have your like monitor or whatever that you have your DAW, your digital audio workstation on. And then you have a second monitor. That's just the film that's playing over, you know, like that you can hit play on and it's playing your music and it's queued up with the film. So it's, it's essentially the same thing where, I would have one monitor that it'll just be full screen the game. And, you know, if it's a project where I'm very involved with the development process, which I, I you know, I like to get in early and kind of have a say in like cool little things, um, you know, in the actual like programming and coding and stuff like that. Uh, so then if it's a project like that, like I'll walk around the character inside of the area or I'll participate in the cutscene as if I was a viewer. And then on my other monitor, I'll actually go in and, and, and kind of write the stuff in there then I'll send that to them and they'll do the same thing. The coder will just drop it in and then boom, he'll click play and, and, and test it out and let me know how it, how it works. That's fucking so cool, man. Isn't it cool? That's so cool. <laughs> it's funny. Like I, I could see you lit up, man. Like child and you lit up because the same thing happened for me. I'm thinking, man, when I was playing like Super Mario uh, 64 or something with oh, yeah. GoldenEye back in the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so cool, man. And yeah, it's uh, fun. So this is a thing that you you just I'm sure after this game you're working on now this is a thing this is a thing for you you know that's really cool uh, so yeah any musicians out there who you know who, or producers whatever this is another 
field you can get into and it, you can just step in it for fun and yeah absolutely a lucrative right career um very very fascinating i can keep asking questions about that shit <laughs> let's do it man hey i'm here let's do it let's do it what um what was the most challenging type of vibe to create for a particular part in the game in a, in a game that you worked on that's a really good question. Um, this game that I'm working on now, Castle Dornstein, I've, I've already had some struggles with it. Um, so this is a project where it's, it's roughly the same team. Um, uh, it's roughly the same team that I worked on with the prior game, Metaphobia, that I did most of the, the audio stuff for. Um, and it's guys, it's, it's, it's my one friend who's, it's Drina's husband, Steve. Uh, he's doing a lot of the, the, the writing for it. And then the rest of the team are all European guys that are like in their 20s and they're uh, like super passionate about video games and like half of them speak English pretty well and the other half are like just passable English, um, which is cool. Uh, it's that's, you know, that's of course led itself to have some problems with just like communicating like um, vibes for different areas and, and, you know, communicating really what certain people want um an area to sound like you know the overall like timbre uh of a scene or something like that um particularly the kind of game that i've 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 worked on a lot is called point and click games mm. um which is all like uh like day of the tentacle is one from back of the day curse of monkey island is one that's really popular mm. um it's very like story driven it's not like it's not like 3d halo like super crazy graphics and stuff like that um but it's it, it's it's fun, but it's really challenging uh, as a genre, as a game genre, because it's very driven by tone in this, the, the writing and the dialogue. And all of these games, like I, I literally can't think of one, like all of these games have some form of humor in them. And it comes out in a lot of different ways. And there's a lot of different tropes that these games use. And one of them is in the music. So that's something that like I've had a little bit of trouble with with this game just writing these like Bach chords that are just like so depressing and it's just minor chords on top of minor chords on top of minor chords and then I'll have someone be like yeah like you know this is like uh this is like a friendly little kid who's like you know he's like goofy and he's like the comic relief um so to go back to your question that's 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 a challenge um you know it's something that you know just communicating the overall like vision for scenes is is it's kind of, I guess, overall the most difficult thing that, that I've had to do with, with game composing. It's so cool. It's so fucking cool. I'm like, I'm just like <laughs> thinking about that. And, and uh, you take for granted as a gamer, those little details uh, are, are not, I recognize that they're there, but the thought of how somebody had to create that. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and they made the right choice a lot of the time, <laughs> especially the memorable ones. Um, um, so when you said something about the communication among the team members. Um, look, in general, as musicians, even from musician to musician, guitarist to drummer, drummer to, you know, singer, um, we sometimes run into a, a weird miscommunication or weird translation of what we want in a song, right? So I'm sure I, you've probably experienced that just as a musician, just being in bands. People mm -hmm. using the wrong lingo to mean something. One of the ones that I've heard is like, um, let, let's say I'll play a little bit. Let's say this is the beat. 
that's all straight 16th notes. But mm. that's what somebody wanted when they said, yeah, give it some swing. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like, there's no swing to that at all. Yeah, right. No, that's straight. Yeah. But, you know, you kind of have to learn how to translate mm-hmm. when you're on, you're on a gig. You know what I mean? You're, maybe you're in a recording studio. It's a time crunch. You got to learn how to translate what people want and get to what they want as opposed to being right or wrong. You know what I mean? Yeah. Playing the right or wrong game. Do you, do you run into that with, with, uh, these are people that are not musicians usually. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what? I've been lucky. Like really everyone who I've worked with in game development, uh, th- that I've done music for, um, they've all been so accommodating to me and they've all been so kind and, they most importantly for me have given me so much artistic freedom uh, to kind of just do my own thing. Um, I mean, you know, maybe like one out of every 10 songs or 10 pieces of music that I complete for a game will be one that, it, that someone will be like, yeah, like it's not perfect. Could you like tweak this and tweak that? But really the majority of the time, it's, it's just something that um, like, even if someone feels like it doesn't fit an area, they respect me enough to say, you know what, if Dan thinks it's fitting this, then I'm not going to, I'm not going to say anything. Like I, I, I respect kind of his thought about it fitting an area, which I've been really blessed for. I mean, I've definitely had those problems with musicians and stuff. Um, I mean, like, you know, like I, I went to school for music and I feel like I focused on so much classical music and mm-hmm. I was learning classical music. I was um, like studying the time periods. I was writing classical music, but at, at the college that I went to, William Patterson University uh, of New Jersey, um, it's shout like, out, shout out. yeah, baby, <laughs> Willie B. Uh, it's like, there's like classical people, but then there's like jazz people that are like super serious into jazz. And there's people that are really into like new music, like new classical music. Yeah. And there's like all these like different um, languages inside of the overall language of music. And I always hear people say like, oh yeah, like learning, learning music's like another language. Oh, like reading sheet music is like, you know, reading a new language. Um, you know, and, and it's just funny how people play different things. And, you know, like, I feel like you and I, like, like, you know, we don't come from very different backgrounds in music um you know like i feel like we 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 probably listened to a lot of similar stuff growing up and we could say something and it could jive with us but for someone else they might not jive might even be a word that might not be in their music vocabulary you know like yeah. that's it, it's weird it's it's, it's like a sub language inside of inside of multiple languages all these dialects you know it's which so is cool funny. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely something that 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 I like about music. I feel like there's not a lot of art forms that have that, where it's like such a person-to-person, like interpersonal dynamic that you have to, um, you know, you have to maintain. Uh, and I mean, it, it's definitely, I love it when you can just meet someone and start jamming. I mean, I agree. When when we first started jamming, that was so smooth. Everything was so simple. It was just like, you know, we didn't have to like start a song and then stop like five seconds and be like, Oh man, you did not pick up on what I was trying to, you know, what I was trying to do there. Um, so yeah, that definitely happens for me, but in video game music, really, I've just been blessed to have people that, um, respect my, my, my visions, I guess, on, on music and where it should be placed more so than their own, which is like so magical and awesome. Every time you do one, I guess too, right. You know, you have another very, uh, legitimate, um, piece of evidence for your, your skill at it you know which is cool so this next one that's coming out this fourth one for you you know it's like every one you do you know it's like holy shit have you listened to when you know if they're looking at your 
you know, looking at your resume. Holy yeah. shit, he did. And they go and listen to it, you know. Right. Holy shit. And then if there's a range, you said drum and bass yeah. and then Baroque. Those two fucking things <laughs> usually aren't in the same sentence. Right? Yeah. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's, I think there's a lot of video game composers that do get typecasted. And it's, it's not a problem for like the big, like video game composers that like you, just because they're so good at what they do that that's the only kind of projects that they're always going to work on. You know, like you're not going to get the guy who, um, like one of my favorite composers for video games is, is his name is Jeremy Soule and he did the Elder Scrolls soundtrack. So that's Skyrim's and Morrowind, all those like oh, really wow. awesome games. I've played those. Yeah. Oh, I love them. And like that's, it's all like very orchestral music um, that it's like romantic orchestral music, but you wouldn't see him going and, yeah, you know, doing like a, like a Mario kind of game where it's all like beeps and boops and, you yes. know, kind of like these like lo-fi sounds like you, you wouldn't see that. And it's not, it's not a bad thing, but I mean, I like to think that I can, like you said, like I can just keep adding to my own repertoire and my own kind of CV almost of games that I've done and just show that I can just keep being dynamic and more dynamic and more dynamic. One of the best things I hope, I think you would agree is, is having a, an informed ear and whether or not you like a particular music, but knowing the trends of that music and having a, like being able to listen to a bunch of different types of music and pick up on trends, it's pretty powerful. Um, yeah. Especially as a composer, I'm sure. Um, so knowing how to reference, I mean, you already had the, I'm sure you had experience uh, just studying classical music and Baroque music, but still, um, to, to recreate that, you know, in your, and how cool is that, by the way, that you, Dan, has his own <laughs> uh, composition of Baroque music. It's so, that's kind of cool. It is cool. Yeah, it, it's cool. I mean, it's, uh, I love that music and it's so strict in its form that it's like a little intimidating to write that kind of music and then like release it into the wild and be like, okay, I know if like one of my professors saw some of the sheet music for this stuff, they would be like, oh, like the counterpoint is so bad. And there's like all these like things that break all the rules. But I mean, but it, it's also something that's like a, a tool because like I'm able to like knowing how strict I wanted the music for this game, Castle Dornstein to be, I knew that there's certain formulas that I can follow to make something sound Baroque and make something sound, uh, you know, just sound classical and fit into that vein, you know, like uh, something that I wouldn't do in another game. You know, I wouldn't be using like modes and I wouldn't be using, um, you know, jeez, uh, let me, like percussion, I mean, is a good example. It's, it's really a, a, a game that like the, the cutscenes I already determined are going to have percussion in them. I don't know what yet because, you know, I feel like movies, you kind of need percussion to drive it forward. But, uh, you know, just having like really low uh, stand-up basses or string basses, just like playing these like, uh, like whole note, you know, down on ones, uh, it, like that's something that's going to be like the driving force. And, you know, there's like little formulas that you can do. Um, but yeah, it is cool. It's definitely cool to be like, yeah, oh, I, this is like a string quartet. Like I had to write a couple like gigs for the game, which is like this like dance, um, wow, this, like dance kind of thing. And it was just under my own. Like I just thought it was a good idea to do that. It wasn't like you know I I there's a dance or like a ballroom in the game. It was just like no, I I like this kind of one form that Bach did a lot of. So yeah, it's it's, so it's cool. cool. So fucking cool, man. When you when you were talking about your experience at William Patterson studying classical music, you mentioned the new classical music. 
Mm-hmm. Um, how, how much, I mean, well, first, what was your, de- what degree did you get? What did you actually study? Yeah. So I, I got in for tuba. Um, that was like my, my main thing. Um, I was in high school and I was playing guitar mostly. Uh, and I was, I started to do like choir and I started to sing. And then, um, the guy, uh, the, the band director at the high school was a phenomenal tuba player. And he used to play these like tuba pieces that were just like shred on tuba. It would just be like, and I thought it was like the craziest thing. And he was like, Dan, he's like, like, like I've seen you play guitar. Like, like your hands can do it. You just got to get like your embouchure. Like if you wanted to do it, you could, so I was like, yeah, let's do it. Um, so I, I studied with him and then I got in for that, but then I didn't really like it. Um, I, it wasn't something that like, I, I, like, I didn't like the idea of um, being in a practice room for 10 to 12 hours a day with a mostly solo instrument and being like, I just need to like hammer this out for day after day, after day, after day, after day. Um, so I dropped that. I did a little bit of music ed. Like I started to do, um, uh, what are those classes called? I forget what they're called. But it, like, you know, like you do classes, like, you know, you do one class where you learn the cello and viola, and then you do like a percussion okay. class, and then you do like a conducting class. I started to do that. I didn't, I didn't love that. Um, but the whole time I was like, I really love composing. And I was already like starting to, to, to work on music for video games um, and, and, and film and stuff like that. But I wasn't, I didn't have releases at that point. So I pretty much was like, I'm just going to get a general music degree um, because they didn't have a composition degree at the time. Uh, I don't think they, they, they they do right now but um yeah so i just got like a general music degree so you so you dove into like that lit you up composing but you said that you sort of already were composing um so like how did you get into that how did you get into what did it start with like just recording some stuff or really like from day one that i started playing guitar i just wanted to write stuff um that was absolutely what i wanted to do uh i had friends that were in bands and I mean, the reason why I started to play guitar was that um, I had friends that one of them was a drummer, one of them was a bassist, the other one could sing, and they were like, we need a, a guitarist. So I was like, all right, I'll learn guitar to be in your band because bands are cool. Um, so I started to do that. And then, you know, like we, you know, we had friends' bands that were like cover bands and they were always like, just like jamming and stuff like that. And I never really like, uh, that wasn't like my favorite thing to do. Like even to this day, like I'm not, I'm not super into like noodling, um, like I, you know, if I'm watching like a movie or something, I'll sit down with like a guitar in my hand. Um, but I never just say like, I'm just going to like sit down and just like noodle and, and, and kind of like do stuff like that. Uh, so yeah, I mean, that was pretty much it really right from day one. It was like, I just want to write music. I always want to be coming up with stuff. Um, I always liked arts. I always liked, uh, you know, when I was young, I liked writing. I liked drawing and painting and, you know, music composition to me was the closest thing to just creating something that I could do. So day one. So that's, that's, yeah. So you, you're, you, you are a creative. You like to make something come alive. I mean, so that's, and then what better than a video, you know, a video game or a film. I mean, I, I have on your website here, it says yeah, you did, did you composed music for short films. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's been a couple of years, but yeah, yeah. I, I've done like three or four. Wow. What's that now? What was that like? Was that some of your early com- composition experience? Yeah. Yeah. So that was, uh, that was, um, maybe I was in like my late teens when I was doing that. And, you know, uh, we, we had one friend that was into making like short films. Um, so I started to do some of that stuff with him and he was just making like goofy, uh, goofy films. Like he, he had this one where it was like a homeless guy. 
I think it's called Bummer. The name of the, name of the, movie, the movie is called Bummer. I don't know if you can even find it anywhere, but it's like a 15 minute movie of this like bum who lives in a house and he like dies and he like kind of like haunts the house if I recall correctly. Um, so I just made all this like sad trombone music and it was really goofy. Uh, yeah, it was, it was so silly. Um, yeah, so I don't know. You, I, I think I just kind of started to, to, to uh, you know, just kind of have friends and, and connections from early on that needed music and you know i uh i like that so i you know i like to make music for films i think it's very uh very cool it's very fun um it's that too is also a different part of the composition brain i think than making music for like a concert hall or a rock show or for a video game um you know i but at the same time i i just i'm just more grounded in video games i think that they're I mean, you know, I don't like to to, to say definitely, but I, I think that it's it's one of the best storytelling forms that there is. Uh, you know, there's interactivity that you don't get from movies and, and TV right. shows. Um, and that's something that's really important to me. And I think that, you know, that's uh, making music for something that is interactive and overall has this, uh, you know, uh, objectively interesting story form you know i mean a lot of video games have have stories where the ending it, it could have multiple endings that's right you know so that's it, it's cool to kind of grow with a character throughout a video game and have an ending where the character dies and it's like what the fuck like wow like, yeah i never even thought about that where you you now have to create that tragedy mm -hmm. the sound of that tragedy yeah yeah wow i never even yeah, thought about that it's cool it's 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 something that's fun to play around with when it comes to video games um I mean, it's, it's something that's really simple where if you have like a really simple melody, you can take a melody and like harmonize it with, like, let's say we have a character who he's alive for the whole game, of course, and he's, uh, you know, solving crimes or doing something like a main character would do. And there's two outcomes where he, one where he dies and one where he lives. If that whole time you have this one motif, this one melody that represents this guy, uh, you can take that melody and instead of having it on top of a major happy sounding chord underneath it for the outro, you can have a minor sounding chord or like just sad chords underneath it. And it's still that character's main melody, but one of them just tugs at your heartstrings and the other one is like an optimistic end. So it's, it's very cool to play with. And that's something that you don't really get from film. You know, you get this kind of like dualism in that you're taking one piece of music and you're extracting things and you're repeating things, but you're repeating them in a different setting. So you're, it's basically the, the time that you spend with each character. It's, it's pretty much more than you would in a, in a, in a, in a movie. Absolutely. Hours and hours and hours and hours of gameplay. So yeah, I guess those themes are, are more powerful for sure for when it's based upon a character. Right. right. It's supposed to, or I should say it's supposed to represent a character. Um, yeah, that's a common that's a common thread. Like it's a it's this. Uh, I think Wagner did it. He did these these like this called like a lead motif or lead motif, and it's kind of like um uh, uh, melodies that are based off of a character. And in video games, you see it a lot because you'll see characters that'll come into scenes, um, they come in and out of scenes, come in and out of backgrounds that you know you might not want them to be the force front or you might not want them to be in the foreground of attention. So the way that you signal that that character's there is you start to play their melody in the background um yeah it's it's weird it's interesting it's you know and you know even from a developer's standpoint um with just like i said growing with the character like uh like that game metaphobia that i was talking about it's it's a it's a weird very dark like investigative kind of game mm. and 
like the uh, the guy who is the main voice actor who 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 voiced Richard, who is the main character. He's this guy who I know from video, playing video games with online, who just happens to have this beautiful voice. Um, I met him playing video games like years ago, and I was like, "Dude, you have an awesome voice. Have you ever done voice acting?" He's like, "No." Um, so anyway, like, uh, that's so um, cool. By the way, I got to highlight. Yeah, that. sure, sure, sure. Yeah, For listeners, how fucking cool is that? Because <laughs> you know what, I you make like kind of make like these weird friendships with people just based on playing a game yeah and you could tell like man it would be cool to meet this person in real life because they're actually legitimately nice i enjoy playing with them it's like video by the way playing video games online with i i find that playing video games online with certain people could be like you know our our dads it's the same as our dads having a cigar and yep. it's much pretty much it's you're just trying to relax you know and and uh, and chill so yeah, so how cool though is that that you recognize this guy, this guy having a great voice, and then fast forward, you're working with this person. Yeah, yeah. Well, side note, I've I've met a lot of people that I ended up playing video games with for like years, and I've met a lot of them in real life. Like I have a buddy in Seattle who he flew out, and we've hung out. Um, friends from all over the U.S. that like I've just been playing with, and and you know you just end up. You end up saying we should we should fight. It's about time we meet in person, you know, which is awesome. It's incredible. It's so but awesome. side note to that, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I met this guy. Uh, his name is Dan too, and uh, I met him. I was playing Counter Strike in like 2014, wow. and uh, it was just a random grouping together. I hit play, he hit play. We got put on the same team. He's from St. Louis, and uh, you know, you like you talk over mics in that game. You know, you're you're doing strategies and stuff like that, and. Um, and he was doing like Duke Nukem impressions. And I was like, wow, like that's, it's like so good. It sounds so good. But then he would talk and just his regular speaking voice is very, it has this very like main character kind of timbre. <laughs> not, not that I can do it. And, and yeah, and from there I was like, yeah, let's do it, let's do it. So we kept in contact for a couple of years. Um, and then when we started to work on this game, Metaphobia, I was like, you know, it's like this, um, this male, you know, uh, kind of like stereotypical kind of like not action hero but just like a deep male voice is 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 one that fits really well um and it was cool so i mean like just like uh you know i started to talk about that because you you were talking about like growing with the character like i mean really for like six to eight months um him and i were just sending files back every single night of the week um where he's sending me like i'm sending him scripts he's sending me the recordings and then i'm chopping them up and then the next day and then we do that uh just back forth, back forth, back forth. So like, I'm I'm hearing his voice do takes over and over and over. Um, I at one point I I added everything up and I, um, because I like to look at like the numbers of of stuff like this. But uh, I added everything up and I think it was like three hours and forty five minutes of just dialogue. Like I, I took every wow. I took every audio clip that was just dialogue and I put it inside of like a like a playlist on my computer and it said how long it was. So everything just squished together is like almost like the length of like two full length movies, um, if not even longer than that. Uh, so yeah, it's just it's, wow. it's crazy. It's 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 like so much work, and I mean, really, the game itself it might only have like seven or eight hours of full play time in it, and that's with the character going and doing everything. You know what I mean? Like picking up, um, picking up this wrench and using the wrench on the sink and saying, 
oh, I don't think I can do that there. And then taking the wrench and putting it on a guitar that's in the corner and being like, I don't want to play guitar with a wrench. You know, like oh, all those wow. little things that someone says, which is, <laughs> you know, every room has like 50 of those things in it and you got to variate it. So, you know, after he tries to play guitar with the wrench one time, once he does it three times, because the players try to be annoying, you have to have a different voice. You know, you got to have the, the voice actor say, uh, no, really, I really don't want to play guitar with the wrench, you know? <laughs> So it's cool. It's, it's a lot of work. It's, it's, um, it's definitely a lot of work, but it's cool to, to kind of get that attached to a project, that attached to a character, you know, after years of, of doing it, working on a game. Well, you just said there about like, because I know what you're talking about. You kind of, it's like where the, uh, it's like the fourth wall thing. So a mm-hmm. little bit where the character in the game is just like, hey, player, you know, what are you doing? Um, it's, it's funny. It's very comical. Uh, now was that something that the developers wanted or is that something that you had the the you thought forward and were like i think they'd enjoy this well uh the this style of game point and click is like it's a now you would consider it like a retro kind of genre so um a lot of the people who i work with are people that have played these games like this is the genre of games that they love Okay. Uh, it's it's i mean i love it it's it's one of my favorite genres of video games it's not one that i i play these kind of games every single day um but it's something that 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 the concept of having something like that is a trope in and of itself so having the player go and repeat an action is something that's done in games over and over and over so you know so it's something that our writer then goes and takes and saying okay i know a player is going to do this because when i was when I was playing the last game that I played, I did that. You know, oh, I tried man. to take a knife and, and stab my daughter 20 times with it. You know, <laughs> well, like stupid crap like that. Like if that's the same as like people playing The Sims and locking them in a room. Yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Just horrible things. They're not real people. <laughs> yeah. They're not real people, listeners. Okay. They're, they're simoleons. Or they're, oh, I guess they are Sims. That's what they're called. They're just, they're sim- yeah. oh, they're just code. Um, <laughs> Uh, I was. Oh, I just had a thought, man. Um, as far as ooh, ooh, it was a good thought. Mm, music, sounds, audio. Music, sounds. Uh, <laughs> um, oh, is so. Is there? Is there a particular moment of gaming uh, where where you knew? Ooh, I would love. It inspired your your composing a video the idea of composing video game music was there was anything any game that stick out yeah definitely um and it's funny because it's it when i when i hear that question i think of multiple moments of my life where i've had that not even just like once when i was young yeah let's do it um zelda when i was a kid specifically ocarina of time and 64 you are leaving the forest i think it's called like kokiri forest it's like the first area of the game where like you learn how to hack and slash i know exactly what you're talking about yeah dude and you go out to hyrule field and i don't think you have the horse epona or epona yet but you go out there and you start to hear that music and it's dun 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 dun, dun, dun. it's just like i remember that being like oh man it's you know and just seeing the field it's really like the whole all the, the the artistic modalities together right there was like a huge moment for me. It's the music of hearing that, this big triumphant melody that's the start of, of an adventure. It's the artwork. It's, it's seeing this field in front of you that literally is like, come explore. There's so much to do here. And it's also just the story of being like, yeah, like Link is now 
leaving this little area where now he has all the tools to go and do everything, you know, and now you have this whole world ahead of you. Love that. That was definitely a moment where I was like, I want to be a part of doing this. You know, I, I want to tell a story. There's millions of people, millions mm. of people who would agree with you. Yeah. yeah. With that specific scene, right? Yeah. Yeah, First dude. Scene. Oh man. Love it so much. So yeah, I mean, that's, that's one, um, Man, I think it was like the first Halo that came out. Like you land on like a beach. Oh yeah. And yeah, and the 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 music in Halo is so amazing. It's it's this guy Steve Vai who have you ever heard of him, Steve Vai? Oh yeah, Steve Vai. Of course. Yeah. Oh, phenomenal guitarist. And yeah, he he did the music for it. The melody is haunting. There's like these choirs over it. That was a big moment for me too. Um, yeah, and then I, I when I was a kid, I, I I also played this game called EverQuest. That was kind of like the the big video game I, that I played. That. Yeah, it was kind of like played the, it, but I remember it. Yeah, yeah, it was big back in the day. It was kind of like a, um, it was kind of like World of Warcraft, but it was like the game before that, like the big MMORPG before that game came out. Um, and the music for that, like I, I still every now and then, like I'll, I'll uh, find the main, the main theme of that on YouTube, and I'll like send the link to like my brother who played it with me, and I won't tell him what it is, but I'll just send him a link, and he'll hit it, and we'll just be like, oh man, I'm still getting chills here to now. That so. those those are powerful because. Uh, especially look I, I don't know what it's like being a kid today but the graphics they they they're so detailed today i feel like when i mean and by the way how i was i'm in i'm like 32 i don't know when when did how old were you when you were playing zelda i'm 31 um so oh, i so guess similar yeah the same yeah so, i don't remember how old n64 was but yeah like 96 i think it came out 96 97 yeah so we're about like eight, nine, 10 years old, um, seven, whatever. But, you know, in the nineties, like you had Game Boy, you had everything was 2D Mm. for the most part. Right. But then you were playing and you were using your own imagination, playing with action figures, playing with like fake swords and shit like that. That was powerful as a kid. I think that Zelda and Super Mario 64, um, I think games like that, where you had this open, sort of an open world, it's sort of an open world. Yeah, I mean, there was loading of, of of each area, but still, it was big enough. It was a it was three D, and it was immersive enough to be very magical and powerful. And um, you know, it's kind of cool to, I guess, for you, you have that those moments of of like total joy, uh, uh to to kind of like tap into when you're composing. I imagine. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, yeah, I mean that's that's something that, um, you know, I mean that, you know, I, I think a lot of people um, in the world they are touched by things and they are affected by things that really, um, just I don't know, make them feel such like a deep, uh, a deep connection to a certain moment in their life that then they want to then go on and do something that's like that. You know, I mean, you always hear about like, uh, you know, like um, uh, you know, like a like a baby who had like a life-saving surgery that would like save the baby's life and the baby wouldn't be living that like wouldn't be a person. And then that baby grew up to be a doctor, to be a surgeon. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So like, that's like, that's something that I feel like with music um, specifically for video games that like, I just had so many great moments in my childhood with doing that, that like growing up and, and, and being like, man, if I could make one of those moments for like a little kid, who's like just like chilling and just like, you know, playing a game and is like so affected. If I could do that one time, that would be like just so amazing. So that's awesome, man. That's uh it's good motivation when you Yeah, absolutely. Right, you know. Um 
So Dan, do you have, so other than this, you have this new, this fourth video game that you're working on. What else you got cooking? Anything else? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, definitely cooking. I'm always cooking. Um, always yeah, I always have, always hungry, baby. I'm starving. Um, yeah, I, you know, I'm always working on projects. I kind of like to, uh, I kind of, I, I enjoy spreading myself very thin. But um, I do have a, uh, you know, the other part of the, of my main musical output is, um, you know, I'm a singer songwriter. Uh, and, uh, you know, I had an album come out in 2016. It was called Sleepwalking. Um, and that's kind of like, uh, it's kind of like indie rock music. Um, and since then, I mean, you know, the video game music is something that I really do focus on, but, uh, you know, maybe like the other half of the time that I am being creative with music, I'm, I'm writing stuff for that. Um, so I have a second album that I've been working on for a couple of years. Um, it's been a work in progress. Uh, uh, I, I, I think on my website, it is called crash on the floor, but I don't know if that's, uh, the definite title yet. It is something that I'm, I'm close to being done with. Maybe I, I think I have like nine songs that are completely finished and I'm trying to get in the ballpark like 11 or 12. Um, I, I don't really like short albums. I like long albums. Um, so it's, it's something that I'm, I'm definitely getting close to. I mean, with, with the pandemic, if this didn't happen, I would have already had it released. Um, yeah. But I'm hoping for 2021. I mean, I, I, I produce it myself. I, I, you know, I, I do everything. There's nothing that really holds me back on doing it. But uh, yeah, I mean... Um, that's that's kind of the other big thing. I you know I have a couple of friends that I'm always collaborating with. Jarena, I know we mentioned before. Um, I have a really good friend named Jake Ehrlich, uh, who's a phenomenal songwriter. Um, you know, we're always working on songs together. We're always uh, trying to get releases out there. I'm like, I think the video game music really makes me be someone who I think of music in terms of releases a lot of the time. And a lot of times, I'll write a song because it fits somewhere on my one of my albums. That's you know like a Daniel Kobolar's album. Um, and that makes me be someone that's really driven to release a lot of material. Uh, so yeah, so I mean, I'm, you know, I'm always kind of working on stuff like that. Um, I have been trying to work on my own kind of skills too. Uh, you know, I think that that's something that, um, you know, for you, you, you're always teaching. I feel like, you know, I'm performing a lot and it's, it's hard to kind of find days where you're like, uh, you know, this is a profession, but I also need to work on my own stuff. So I, I've been doing that. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, uh, get back to the, the basics a little bit. I feel like uh, a lot of times musicians struggle with doing that. So, you know, I've just been sitting down with a metronome, doing some scales and doing stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, uh, that's pretty the big thing, you know, the, uh, is, is my solo music and I'm really excited about it. I'm of course always trying to, uh, you know, I record at home, so I'm always trying to build up my studio. That's kind of a big, a big hobby is just, is just, you know how that is, man. Yeah. There's always another mic you can get. There's always another, you know, another, uh, I don't know, another compressor, you can get another preamp, another plugin. So, uh, I mean, yeah, it's like, it's never ending. Somebody told me that. Cause I said, I said, Oh, you know, you ever get to that point where like, I feel like I don't have to spend any more money on gear. Yeah. Everything I want. They're like, yeah, wait till fucking six months from now. You'll never, yeah. you'll never stop. Yep. Um, yeah, that's but, true. You know, it usually has something to do with like, um, well for, I mean, I think for me now it's, you said another mic, definitely another mic mm. uh sound better soundproofing could be a you know could be a, like a plug-in pack or something mm -hmm. those are great you know um yeah there's always something um for all right so for anybody listening and dan what's something that what's some advice or something very simple a simple way to get into creating music what, what what's any advice that you have 
Yeah, I mean, I, I could give some advice on on getting into the the game industry. I think that that's one that oh, wow. a lot of times when I talk to people, it's it's something that they ask me about is just kind of figuring out how to get onto projects. Um, get my notepad. <laughs> well, we'll we'll talk we'll talk about that. <laughs> um, it's 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 easier. It's way more accessible than people think, um, especially with the internet. Uh, I I had started, you know. Uh, you know, maybe like 10, 11 years ago, I just started to Google um, like uh, forums, like video game development forums, because there's so many people that are learning how to code and so many people that are learning how to, how to animate, how to make 3D models and stuff like that. And they're looking for help on how to do that. And they're looking for people to help them um, make a game or make a project or something like that. So, I mean, really there's, uh, you know, Reddit, I think is a great, resource for finding people um i can't think of, of the subreddits off the top of my head but if you if you just google like reddit and game dev or um game dev classifieds is is one too where you can just see people uh posting stuff and they'll be looking for composers and stuff like that um and and it's like i said it's it's easy i mean i've been fortunate where i've i've worked with a lot of the same people just because we've been successful in the past and the hardest thing is really just releasing projects um it's a little bit different when you're in person, like you and I, we can write an album together and we're in person and like, we're motivated to do that because we're in person, but mm-hmm. a lot of game design stuff, like it's hard to find someone who it's hard to find someone who wants to put in like, like have like a, another full-time job where they're just doing this one thing for your project. And you don't know if it's going to make any money or if anyone's going to like it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I, you know, I had spent like six or seven years, uh, uh, just working on projects, but not releasing anything because, you know, oh, uh, you know, we get we get a quarter or halfway into a game, and then the the main developer is arguing with someone else, and they quit, and that just happens wow. over and over and over. I mean, I, I had this one game. Um, Got to think how long ago this was now. Um, this was maybe like seven or eight years ago, but I had this game, and it was called Embers of Karis, and it was this huge project that I was working on. There was like a there was a music composition team, so I wasn't even just the oh, composer. Wow. There were several people. And uh, we had a Kickstarter and the, the Kickstarter was successful, but we had raised like over $25,000 on the Kickstarter. Uh, Forbes did a write-up on the game and they were like, look at this game. Like they're, 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 ra- they're, they're raising all this money. We had one guy who solely donated $10,000 to the Kickstarter. Wow. And it was amazing. And we were all like, wow, this is so cool. And we had this like super like impassioned energy and, and everything was going great. And then one guy who uh, technically owned 51% of the studio and then another guy who owned 49% of the studio, they didn't like each other and they got upset at a couple of things and they just kind of split and they said, okay, the project's dead. So oh. it, it, like that, that kind of stuff is like the most common thing that you'll see in this kind of industry is just projects that don't come to fruition. Um, you know, you'll see, uh, you know, just like not resiliency when it comes to the big struggles of doing game work because it is it's very hard work it's very time consuming um and most people who think that they can do it uh struggle a lot you know until you do it you know year after year after year um musicians i think it's a little bit easier for us because that already is our passion we're just making music and we're just putting it in it's not like we have to constrain ourselves so much for video games um I know I'm getting a little long-winded with this one, but uh, no, no, no. yeah, it's it's it that, that that's really the big thing. It's just the internet is such a great resource, and there's so many there's so many young people that are still in college or just getting out of college, and they're they can code a little bit, and they don't even notice that they can 
code a video game. You know, they might not even know that they have the skill set for it. So if you're interested in the field and, you know, you want to uh, get on some projects, really just start looking around Reddit, start looking around uh, stuff like that. Even colleges in your area, you know, you might find, uh, you might find people that are in um, computer science programs that are interested in video games and that's what they want to do. And the number one thing that they're going to be doing to get a job at a video game company like a big full EA, you know, kind of company is they're going to be working on video games the whole time that they're in college and those games are going to need music. That's great. That's fantastic advice actually. Um, Cause it has me even thinking like, Hmm, I would love to try that. Yeah. I'd love to just try to create. I like, I like the idea of, it's not so much limitation, but it's specific goals. It's a specific mm-hmm. goal. To, and I like the idea of creating the sonic world. I like, I really, that's, that's fascinating to me. Um, I think uh, by you, t- by the way, by you describing that, and specifically we were talking about how difficult it is for developers, the amount of work that goes into, well, you said it before with, with uh, the voice act. I mean, just so many different types of, of, uh, you needed to get a, a, a solid recording on this phrase and then this phrase. And that could be, you know, you can have three different transactions at sometimes of like, yeah, you got, can you say it a little up or can you say it a little, you know, mm-hmm. I'm sure you've had that, right? But on the coding side of things too and the design side, side of things, the amount of man hours, man, that it's just like, and it's all, it's all under a time constraint because they want to release it by a certain time. The industry, right. it's, it's sort of like this game is to showcase uh, this moment in time in, in video games. This is our goal, but here's our, here's our deadline. And uh, that's why I never say, I try and I, I really try not to say with any content, I try not to say that game sucks. That movie sucks. Yeah. <laughs> because it's not fucking true. Because I'm it's not me for me to say what I could say. All I could say, please, listeners, take this as truth, please. All you really mm. could say as truth is you don't like it. But don't shit on something because you have no idea, especially if you haven't done the work. You have yeah. no idea how by you saying something sucks, it's almost like saying the person who who you know put in hundreds of hours, they suck. And that's, yeah. you know, it's, it, it takes so much, uh, work that I can't even comprehend as far as like coding, for instance. Yeah. Yeah. It is crazy. I, you know, like I, I, I mean, like, I guess like, uh, when it comes to that stuff, I'm hard headed with that. And I think it's just because I'm sensitive with people critiquing my own stuff as I think most musicians are, you know, like you don't really get much practice um, with hearing people say like, Oh, like I don't really like that, you know, and those kind of things. I'm like, I have moments in my life where I've had people be like, yeah, like, you know, like your voice didn't really sound good on that song, you know? And I'm sure you have moments where someone's like, yeah, like, you know, like you, you, you were playing a little stiff, you know what I mean? Like, and and it sticks. Yeah. It's like burned in your head. Um, And it's really tough with video games where it's like, there's so many people putting so much hours into something. And I mean, the, the game Metaphobia, I have this funny story with that one. Uh, we released the game for free. From day one, uh, the main developer guy, he said, I want to release it for free. He said, that's my, my thing is I, I love this community, this very small point and click retro kind of game community. And I want to like almost give them this game. Wow. And, you know, we were all, I didn't have a video game project that I was working on at the time. And everyone was really talented. So I was like, yeah, sure, I'll do it. I don't care. I can still release the soundtrack and I can make money off the soundtrack. Um, not that I'm, you know, a super money 
a hungry kind of uh, musician anyway. But uh, yeah, so I was like, yeah, let's do it. So the story is that uh, we had released it after putting in all this time into it. And um, there's this one forum um, online where uh, people talk about games, these, these games. It's meant for this one style of game. And the main uh, coder on the game, uh, it's this guy named Vincent. He lives in Italy. He's like the nicest guy I've ever met in my life. Like I, I, He would fly. If, if I was sick right now, he would fly to me and bring me some soup. This guy's like the <laughs> nicest guy ever. So, so on these forums... You know, like in these games, you have like puzzles and stuff. You know, like I said, it's not really like action-y guns and stuff like that. So the difficulty comes in the puzzles and the problem solving. Mm. So there were people that were, you know, like they have problems with, um, they can't figure out the solution to this one puzzle. And it's taken them much longer than we anticipated, you know, and, and some people are having trouble with, you know, combining these two items to open this one door or something like that. Uh, and this, this guy, Vincent, was painstakingly responding to every single person's post in on this forum being like, yeah, let me help you with this. Like, let me help you with this. And I was doing it like a little bit, but he was just doing that out of the goodness out of, uh, of his heart, you know, and making sure people like the game. Um, so we, you know, like, so, so like I said, he's responding to people, I'm responding to people. And there was one guy on this forum who he just struggled with this one puzzle and he had so much trouble with it. And, you know, he, if I recall correctly, he needed help with, with, with like the first part of the puzzle. We gave him help. He still couldn't do it. Okay. We gave him another clue. Okay. He was able to do it. Okay. Now he can't get past the second part of the puzzle. Okay. We give him the clue. He's still having trouble. It's just this long winded thing. At one point, I think I just gave him the answer to it. I said, this is it. And I think he still had trouble because he just didn't understand how, like the mechanic of the puzzle. Gotcha. Um, so at one point he, he writes something where he's like, yeah, he's like, this puzzle's so bad. And he's like, what kind of like brain dead uh, developer would like include this in a game? And I was like, all right, hold the fuck up. <laughs> like, what the yeah, fuck? Yeah. So I like private messaged the guy and I was like, hey man, like, you know, I'm, I'm sorry to hear that. Like you're, you're struggling so much with the game. And I was like, but like, if you take a step back, you got to realize like, this was my part-time job that I didn't get paid for, for like two years or, you know, maybe like a year, year and a half. We released it for free. We're sitting here like day after day giving you help with this. Like that, we don't have to do that. You know what I mean? Like you can, yes. you can fuck off, you know, you don't have. <laughs> and it's like, you know, like, like those kind of critiques are like, man, you don't, you don't understand. And long story short, the guy, he responded to me almost immediately. I want to say it was like within the hour. And he was like, I am so sorry. He's like, I had no idea that I was even coming across as that heated. He's like, I was upset, but really it was just because I was kind of like embarrassed with myself because I couldn't figure this thing out. And, you know, I said, oh, don't worry about it. But really in the big scheme of things, it's right there. Yeah, pretty, yeah, pretty much, you know, (laughs) projecting, projecting. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting. We, you know, that, that's a great example though, man, that story. It's like, you know, that he was getting frustrated by this, it was his own internal problems, but, but also, well, you know, if I just throw flames out of my mouth about this and just, you know, call people, call other people pieces of shit, mm. um, yeah, what's the chance that they're going to, what's the chance that anything's going to happen? And there's, that's the thing, I guess, about the internet and it's on a forum or something like that. You actually don't feel like, you, you don't feel the humanity. Yeah. And who you're communicating with. And uh, that's good, man. He's lucky you didn't say 
Uh, yeah, I know. I kind of described that to him. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, I wanted to, I immediately was like, you know, cause I was getting gradually and gradually more and more frustrated too. I was just like, all right, if you're not getting it, like, I'm sorry, I gave yeah. you the solution. So I wanted to have that kind of response, but you know, it's a game. It's a game. It's, it's a, a free game, game to be, you know, have fun. Yeah. Have fun, man. Have fun. <laughs> Dude. I mean, like I can keep, I can keep asking you, Tons of questions picking your ear about uh, about about video game. How you even look at video games? Because hmm. you're in it. In my opinion, I I value your opinion about video games because you're part of creating one versus somebody who just absorbs it. And sure. uh, I could I could do that for hours. Um, is there anything that you want to like? Anything you want to plug? Anything? I mean, I'm going to link everybody to your website and to your Instagram awesome. and all that stuff. Um, yeah, uh, let me think. Um, I mean, it's it's. I am kind of in the 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 phase of my life right now where I'm just kind of like conquering down and working um, on projects a lot. So I I don't have anything that's super close to release. Um, uh, you know, I, I think uh, you know, with you plugging my website, it'll be good because that'll be a kick in my ass to update my website. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I mean that's that's pretty much it. I mean, you know, Castle Dornstein. That's really the big project that I'm working on. Um, you know, we did have a, uh, have a trailer come out recently. That was, that was pretty cool. It's like, uh, it's, um, you know, I did all the sounds for it. Um, you know, it's kind of like everything that you hear is, is something that, that I'm, you know, that I've created, which is really cool. Um, yeah, I, I think just, just my website's really the, the big thing. I don't, I don't have a, a sponsorship with me undies or, uh, <laughs> you know, I don't, every podcast is like, a you know, they got some kind of, uh, you know, uh, endorsement that they got to plug. I have an endorsement coming out with floating symbols um, to be released in like, you know, 30 years, but uh, floating yeah. symbols. Yeah, man. It's my dream. Wow. wow. I fucking wish. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Um, all right. Well, for listeners, please give, give Dan some love. Dan Kobolars. Thank you. Thank you for being on, man. I, I really thank you, my man. You. Um, I appreciate you. I'm looking forward to part two when we're in person. Mm -hmm. Fucking jam, dude. That's going to be so sick. You're fun. You're really fun to play with. Um, hey, man, ditto. Thank you, sir. Um, yeah, you know what? And and check out Drina's album. Mm. Uh, it's just called Drina, D-R-E-E-N-A. Uh, Dan helped co-wrote and, and he mixed it. Um, so that's his. And then, you know what? Let's plug it. I'm going to, dude, I'm going to write all this in the description either way. But for listeners right now, check out Sleepwalking. Uh Right, that's your solo uh, mm -hmm. work, and check out the video games. I'll name them out: Kathy, Kathy Rain. Mm -hmm. um, what was what were the other two games that you mentioned? Uh, Metaphobia and uh, Tales of Javen. Metaphobia and Tales of Javen. Check this stuff out, guys. Uh, this is this is cool shit, man. I'm oh, please, I'm on Spotify. I'm on all those things. So if you just search for my name, Daniel Kobolars, K O B Y L A R Z, uh, you can find all the soundtracks that I've worked on. All right. Thanks, Dan. Thank you, listeners. Everybody take care and the dumb biz to you.